Welcome to Two 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 Paranormal Podcast. We are actually coming to you live from Charlotte, Michigan. Yeah. The Festival of Oddies. Uh, it's late in the day. It's what about six thirty now, and we're hoping to record all day. But oh my God! <laughs> they said that the attendance they think was around six thousand people. Oh my goodness! So we were a bit busy all day long. Absolutely, and we want to thank all our listeners for stopping by. We had some people come and fangirl out, which we loved. <laughs> uh, Morgan, uh, thank you so much for stopping Morgan by. Morgan was so cool. Yeah, but, you know, just amazing to be able to be out here in this beautiful, beautiful, it was very, very hot, but very beautiful. And it's nice because the courthouse is right behind yeah. us, so the minute the sun got about halfway over, yeah. we're in the shade. Yeah, we were in the shade. We made it in the shade. Yeah. But we saw a lot of cool dowsing rods. You guys know that we sell dowsing rods at every show. And they're so wonderful for paranormal investigation. People are loving them. They were taking them all around the haunted courthouse and checking them out. Yeah, I had a um, gentleman come down, and he says, it's very hot up there. Mm -hmm. He says, but I was getting so much activity out of these dowsing rods. It's so cool. Yeah. And, of course, I'm like, well, that's because we use bronze instead of regular metal. Conductive metal. But anyways, um, Joe, we have a very, very unique guest yes. today. As you know from last week's show, we spent a few days up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan at the Michigan Paranormal Convention, and uh, we got to interview some awesome people. And on this week's show, we have Courtney from Scared and Alone. You guys, if you haven't seen her show, it's one of the most unique paranormal shows because it's interactive with the audience. She is in haunted locations all by herself and she has the audience tell her where to go you know maybe see things that's happening behind her spooky or scary things and she's literally in these places by herself she's so brave i just love her to (laughs) death got to meet her and we're instant best friends and we saw her today via telephone yeah (laughs) she um she's out of salem massachusetts yeah our friend sarah who's Gigi, which is on last week Coming this way, actually. Yeah. We're going to get her on the mic. Yeah, absolutely. And as to. we are talking about Gigi, she happens <laughs> to walk, walk by. by. We are introducing our show with Courtney. For Scared and Alone. <gasps> Who's that? <laughs> Don't I, know. I was just telling. It's our new best friend. <laughs> I was just telling our listener that we got to see her today via telephone from yes. Gigi's phone, and you walk up. Yes. I have to it's take fate. her. When I come to places like this, like, there's got to be a way <laughs> that I take her. So, like, it's the world that we live in makes that possible. Yes. yes. So it's amazing. I'm planning a trip out there at the beginning of October. So we take turns going back and forth. I'm going in your suitcase. Just Hey, girl, I tell you what. <laughs> I found tickets. Last time I went out, $113 round trip. That's incredible. That's better than mine. Absolutely insane. It was out of Grand Rapids, which I could not believe. That's cool. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to get I out to my, the East Coast. I booked my flight to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Almost $1,500. But I had an $800 credit from the time we were supposed to go before when Dana broke her oh, leg. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Yes, I would love to be jumping in the ocean right now. It's 8,000 oh degrees Oh, my here. God. I know I kept uh, pulling the winter car, and I'm like... Just let me fantasize of snowing <laughs> right now because this is great. Yeah, for sure. But we were asked to come back next year, so. That is awesome. I love we're that. We're going to see you next year. Absolutely. Hopefully we can get like next to each other. Yeah. That'd be sure. great. We, maybe we should But the thing that. is, you had an awesome space. Yeah. You we were did, right. It was so hot. Yeah. This is good because it was shady. Yeah. But yeah, there was like no trees. Like, yeah. I don't even, 
I'm burnt to a crisp. I match my red dress. <laughs> she does. So I mean, it is what it is. It's all cool, fun and games. But we holy had crap. a good time. We had a good it time. was a good time. And we I got am... to see each other two weekends in a row. I love it. That's yeah. great. Awesome. So great. Um, I'm gonna sleep for like the next three weeks. <laughs> Fairly certain. In an ice cold tomb. <laughs> yeah. Best believe that. Yeah. So, like we said, we had a chance to talk to Courtney. Let's get into the interview, and we will talk to you after the interview. And with us today, we have Courtney Buckley from Scared and Alone. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Are you scared? And are you alone? Not right Not now. Okay, perfect. perfect. Um, so that's great. Yeah. Not but with usually. a room of a thousand people hanging out. It's right. been Staring at us. <laughs> <laughs> is this your first time at the Paracon? This is my very first time. Not only is it my first time at this Paracon, but it's my first time like representing something. Nice. Um, oh, okay. Usually I'm Amazing. just a guest. Yeah. That is so cool. It's really, really cool. Two people today asked me for my autograph, and I almost uh, go. I cried a little bit. That's cool. <laughs> we'll wipe your tears. <laughs> you get used to it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Didn't realize I was in the presence Excuse of greatness. Excuse me. Right no, but it's amazing. You know, you come here, yeah. you're just with like-minded people who are open-minded and just willing to talk and share and ex- yeah. share that ex- their experiences. And you have a very unique experience that you do. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Absolutely. So Scared and Alone is a two-hour live stream show um, where I am ghost bait usually, which means that they stick me in the haunted, scary place completely by myself. Um, and then I'm armed only with like my selfie. Like we don't have a crew. It's just like the selfie stick and my iPhone uh, and my paranormal equipment. And then we have a panel, a celebrity panel of um, paranormal people. They help guide the investigation. They basically torture me, I think. Uh. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No. But they make me do all the scary things and they encourage it all. And, and it's great. It makes it's fun and it's terrifying and it's it's interesting. But I think what makes our show the most unique is the fact that we also involve the audience. So normally when I, I don't know about you guys, but when I watch paranormal shows on TV, I yell at my screen like, turn yeah. around, oh my God, there's something happening. Well, you can actually yell at me while I'm on. So you type in the chat, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can type in the chat and the panel's reading those comments in real time and they'll read the, sometimes they'll put them up on the screen, but most times they'll read them out to me. So you can literally be like, oh my God, Courtney, behind you, there's something. And then they'll say, oh, hey, Courtney, the chat says there's something behind you. And then I pee my pants and it's great. (laughs) (laughs) It never happens on an investigation, right? (laughs) No, no. That's so unique. I don't know anybody else is doing that. It's in the field right now. And it's so much fun because it builds like a community almost. Like we have the same viewers that show up, you know, every episode. So you rec- you start to recognize the names that are there. And then not only that, but like then, then those same viewers come to like our personal pages, at least for me. And then we connect there and, and do different things. So I just started streaming horror video games on Twitch. And so people that I've met through the show have come on to Twitch and played the video games with me so it's like we go ghost hunting virtually together it's a lot of fun so it's it's just this whole big like thing Um, and I don't think that if I think if our show was any different it wouldn't have created such a such a community and the thing is when you see these shows on TV those shows take sometimes months Mm -hmm. to record they go back to the same location they have a continuity person that makes sure that the clothing looks the same and everything. And I know with Pertham, 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 P
I know with personal experience that you can sit for hours and hours and hours and nothing happens. Yep. And that's why a lot of these shows go back and record. But you are doing it live on the spot with the audience. And I love that the audience can tell you what to do. Yeah. And the best part is, and you're exactly right, like that was one of my things that I considered when we started the show is how are we going to have a show like live where sometimes things just don't happen. And we've lucked out where we've had really big things happen at almost every place that we've gone. And if things quiet down a little bit, we have you know our our not only just our panel who does a lot of research some of our panel does a lot of research but we have our producers who do a lot of research and so when things are sort of at a lull or we're waiting for things to kick up then we start delving into the stories of what happened there so it's not just the paranormal piece either it's you know you get to learn about these places that you might not have heard about i mean so we do go to some places that are are known but like other places that aren't and you know then we show them to the world which i love uh, which places have you been to? Oh, we that have a whole, we, that we would know. We have a whole season under our belt, but uh, one of our episodes was here in Michigan. Um, we did Stimson Hospital, which was oh, horrifying, wow. oh, really? and I loved it. <laughs> I love hospitals. Yeah. Hospitals um, are the best place to investigate. They have a doll named Tyler, and they tried to get me to touch it, and I didn't want to touch it. Um, so I, I very gently like touched his hair because he has real human hair. And then one of our panelists, David L. Sloan, said, now kiss him on the mouth. Oh, and I, was, I refused. So um, Simpson Hospital is here today and has already, very, very shortly after we started, made their way over to my table and said, are you ready to kiss Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, yeah, you know what? I'm ready. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And what kinds of things did you experience at that place? At Stimson, Stimson was heavy down in the basement. That's one of the only places where I was like, okay, I'm done, and I got to move on. Because of the things that happened there, um, I think I saw, I was seeing things. It's the first time I, I swore accidentally um, on an episode because I saw there's an elevator shaft down there. Uh, it goes through the whole building, but at the bottom, someone had fallen down and, and died down there. And it's also adjacent to the autopsy room. So I was standing in between the autopsy, like where the ramp is that the gurneys would go down, and the elevator shaft was open right there, and they had like a, it looked like a crib railing almost, like just bars, like just leaning again so that nobody accidentally fell into the elevator shaft. And as I was standing there, and again, I'm just holding my selfie stick and my phone, um, and I just have like a little lantern, and that's, that's it. Everything else is dark. I saw in front of me, um, coming out of the rails, two hands come out and then grab the rails, and I screamed like an expletive because I was so shocked. But then it continued on. There was just a presence down there that was misleading and misled me into giving up some of my energy until I figured out what it was. Yeah, and then later on, when we left, we were looking at pictures uh, that we had taken during the tour. And there was a picture that we had taken in a 400-year-old uh, mirror. Okay. And there is something in that picture, which I can show you guys, that was like so unnerving but when I looked at it I got the same feeling as I felt down in that basement like that and I was in a different part of the house so there's something there's a lot of some things over there but there's definitely there's a weird something I just wonder if because you are alone the spirits that may be more on the negative side think you're more vulnerable you're not in a group right you know you don't have a support system 
in the hospital with you. Right. I just wonder if they prey upon that a little bit. Well, what's funny is, and actually on that episode, I talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, people do, we have, we have people who are sensitive and intuitive who watch our show and people experience things even on the other side of a computer or a television, like while they're watching live, they'll get impressions. They'll, their lights will flicker. They'll get the chills, like what have you. They'll feel things. Or like when I'm feeling something, they'll be feeling along with me. But at that particular location, when I hit my breaking point in that basement and I decided it was time for me to get out of there and I had to go back upstairs, I had said, listen, like, I know that you guys are all technically in this with me. Like, and I know that you're feeling the things that I'm feeling and you're scared for me, but I'm the only one physically here. And in this particular moment, I'm taking the brunt of whatever this is and I need to get out. That's crazy. But it was so, it's like fascinating. No two episodes are like, and it's my favorite thing in the whole world <laughs> so where do you get the cojones to like just go into these places by yourself like i don't you would think someone had a gun to my head like i don't know <laughs> honestly it's just it's fun um it was my dream to be on a ghost show ever since i was a kid um and it was one of those like deeply harbored dreams that like i never in a million years thought would ever come true and it was just a matter of the dominoes falling where the dominoes fell and you know, synchronicity after synchronicity, and here I am. And it's, I'm literally, today, I'm going to leave here tonight. We have, a, we have another day of Paracon tomorrow, but I'm going to leave here and go back to the hotel tonight and probably cry a lot uh. just because this is, like, this is, this is it. Someone asked me for my autograph today. Like, I can't <laughs> reconcile that in my brain. Like, I, you know, it's, it's, like, it's amazing to me that I'm here and this is real and this is happening. And the people around here, there's not one negative person. No. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's so uplifting, positive, and we were talking to a gentleman earlier. I mentioned how when I started this, you know, you don't know what you're going to find. You you always saw the paranormal as these group of evil people that are burning pentagrams in the middle of rooms mm-hmm. and that. And no, these people are so nice. Yeah. Everybody's like and a family. the more you yeah. meet, the nicer the people are. And you become a family. Right. My favorite thing that has happened today is that a couple people have stopped to talk to me. And they've talked about how, like, the bigger celebrities that are here, they're nervous to go talk to them. I've already, I've gone and talked to them all. And I was like, no, they're really nice. Like, you should go. And then they'd go and they'd come back and then they'd say, oh, my God, yeah. Everybody's just so down to earth and, like, really, really just genuine and lovely. Absolutely lovely. And it's an honor to, like as a person who watches them like and experiences them it's an honor to get to meet all these people but then on the flip side it's like you know they're just so cool they're just regular people oh wait till tonight because saturday night's oh, party yeah. night oh, and God. we're all getting crazy <laughs> down it in is, the bar area it's still friday john oh it is friday yes <laughs> oh my god it's only friday listen i but don't know what friday my night is. parties are just as good <laughs> tomorrow morning when you come into the into the hall, yeah. you'll be able to tell because everybody will be like, oh. Wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and, and that's Michigan Mommy Paracon. has her hangover glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I can't wait to see that. So, have you had anything spirits or entities follow you home? Um, that's an excellent question. I not exactly. Um, I have done, I did a lot of energy work for very, very many years before I ever got into this to the point where my boundaries are hard and fast and it's like a light switch. You're not, it's just not allowed. However, the last episode that we did a couple weeks ago was at a Masonic Lodge in Weymouth, Massachusetts. And for a week, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I don't know how to talk about it. 
Um, for a week beforehand, I was getting visited at my house, which also I have very hard and fast boundaries at. I had I fell asleep on my couch and I woke up in sleep paralysis and okay. I was watching my front door open like this, like someone was gonna put their head in. And I was struggling so hard to fight against it to get up to shut the door. And finally, I just ended up repeating in my head, like, shut the door, you're not allowed. Shut the door, you're not allowed. And then I went back to sleep and I woke up and the door was closed and locked. And then the next day, my son, who I didn't tell that story to because I just thought it was a dream, uh, woke up in the morning and said, I just had a sleep paralysis dream. And he's never said that to me. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, he was, he was sleeping on the couch. We had a little movie camp out. He was sleeping on the couch and he was right next to the window and he said, I woke up, I couldn't move and someone was looking in the window. Oh, wow. And I was just like, what is happening? And then I started getting sign after sign after sign from deceased relatives that I haven't heard from in a long time. But like there's little signs that are just definitively them all the time and I haven't gotten them in a long time. But that week it was just one after another, after another, after another. And I had this looming sense of like anxiety that I couldn't put my finger on. Um, and then I went to the Masonic Lodge and I figured out why because they didn't, like, the, the, the Masons who invited us wanted me there, but the Masons who had passed on, who were very much still protective of the thing, did not want me there. So what I figured out was happening was that those people that were come, trying to come into my house, those were my protectors that were, like, coming in closer to, because something else was coming yeah. in closer. So it was a lot. And then I got touched, and our we had... We had um, crazy technical malfunctions our entire stream went down for like 30 minutes and we didn't know because we could still see each other so we it was the whole time we were in the meeting hall which we had permission to film in but it's very secretive right um and our whole stream was down they had to they they were calling the company that runs the stream they were calling like everybody they had to eventually shut it down and start it again and then after it started back up i was upstairs um looking in a scrying in a mirror i could see something starting to form behind me and there was a gentleman that people were picking up on, they said had long fingers. And as soon as they said long fingers, I was like, okay, so I'm gonna get touched, like this is great. Oh, oh no. um, and one of the panelists said, okay, you have permission to touch Courtney. And I went to be like, oh, no, you don't. Like, <laughs> and immediately I felt it on the back of my neck. And then my phone, which is the only thing that I have connecting me to anybody, threw up a temperature warning as if it was like uh, like really? too hot, you know, when you oh, leave it in the sun yeah. and disconnected me from the stream. So I screamed, get away from me, get away from me, get away from me. And I went downstairs and it took five minutes for my phone to like pull itself together to get me back on the stream. Yeah. So they were hiding that room from yeah. the world. Yep. And we didn't still, I don't even know if it saved or what, like we didn't, we did a full investigation in that room and nobody saw it. Only we did. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. But it's so fitting. Like, even though we had those technical difficulties, like, the people that watch us regularly, like, totally got it because things have happened before. But, like, it was very, it, it wasn't just like we went to, you know, so-and-so asylum and, like, that happened. It was literally, like, in the secret meeting room of the Masonic Lodge that nobody was allowed to see. It was very cool. Was, is it an active lodge or is it yeah. abandoned? Okay. Yeah. So we actually, there was a mason there, there to lock me, lock out, uh, lock up after I left. And he was outside in like the parking lot in his car. Okay. And when I got cut off, he was calling, he told me he was calling his wife and he's like, I have to go, I'm too scared. I don't want to go in, but I have to go in. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> it was fun. Um, have you ever seen a full body apparition? Yes. Where at? Okay. So I work in, <laughs> I, my, I love full body apparition. I saw a shadow. It was a shadow, but it was also dark, so I don't really know. It was kind of dark. I'll explain. But I work in Salem, Massachusetts. I'm a tour manager for a haunted history tour. And it was a couple of Octobers ago, 
and it was the middle of the day in October, and our shops that we run out of are extremely haunted. And I went in the back to go use the bathroom. And when I came out, I did this little thing where I like, I remembered I forgot my water bottle, so I went to like swing back to get my water bottle, and standing, there was a very narrow path for me to get out the door, and standing in that path was like a seven foot tall man. And I kept turning while realizing that there's no way out, and I don't know what to do. So I just like took a breath, counted to 10. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna look at the floor and I grabbed my water and I turned and he was gone. And I went outside to my boss and I said, something just happened. I just saw something. And he looked me dead in my eyes and he said, was it the tall man? Oh, jeez. And I was um, like, I have to go, I can't you I quit. You could have said that before. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I have to leave, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I quit, sorry. Have you seen seen him since? I have not, but no. there's. Um, I have experienced things in that same building where no one was there, and I was down in the basement. And you could hear footsteps um, up in the shop and stuff. So it's very, very active. Over yeah, there. and you get used to that, or is that just still kind of shake you? That that shook me. I don't want to see that man ever again. But um, things like footsteps or things falling down, it's its a shock when it happens. I was in the bathroom once in like, we have another shop right next door and someone pounded on the door and I thought someone had walked by and was like trying to play a trick on me, but there was nobody there and it was like pound and nobody else heard it, but there oh, was a person okay. standing right yeah. there. It was crazy. So I came out and I was like, who did that? And they were like, what are you talking about? But yeah. So it's just very par for the course, like those sort of things. But I, I didn't need to see that, like that gi giant man. Like I didn't need to know that you lived here. It's fine. You can throw things at me all you want, but I didn't need to look at that. And touch you if you don't have permission. Yeah, no yeah. touching. <laughs> Hit her with a stick. Yeah, exactly. You get dinner in a movie or something, right? Poke her with a stick. First, yeah. yeah. That's what she said. How do you choose your locations? Um, I have no part in that. Okay. That's a production choice. So and I can suggest places that I'd like to go, but ultimately that I just show up. Okay. That's all. I'm just the I'm just the bait. Do they tell you anything before or do they just say show up at this location at this time? Yeah, I get I have the choice. Okay. Um, I usually choose to go in with the least amount of information possible. Um, because even though I'm not necessarily like going there to psychically tune in, it happens anyway. Yeah. Um, and I don't want things to cloud my judgment. I don't want to go in like leading anything in any kind of direction. Yeah. What I will do is when I get to the location, the homeowner or whoever's in charge of the property will give me a tour. And sometimes, so, sometimes they'll tell me more than other one, like other ones do. We went to the, I went to the Fainting Goat Island Inn in New York. And I stayed there that night. So a lot of times that's what ends up happening. I stay at the places that I investigate or I stay somewhere haunted nearby afterwards. Um, but when I went there, I was staying there and I was the only one staying. So as soon as I walked in, they said, what room do you want? And I tried to ask them like, well, what room should I want? And they were like, no, we're not gonna tell you anything. Like they yeah. were like nothing. Uh, okay. Yeah. So on the episode, all these things were happening and they were like, there was things like we found like bloody clothes on the floor and I'm like, uh, uh, excuse me, of what room? And they're like, oh yeah, the room you're staying in. And we found a knife with blood on it and I was like, yeah, uh, hi, uh, excuse me, what room was that? Oh, the one I'm staying in. Like, all these I was like was anybody gonna tell me but then it ended up being the best night's sleep I ever had yeah honestly it was great but there was a doll there that moved it was right outside the door I can't as you can see on my shirt I don't do dolls like um, and I had picked up the doll and when I went to put the doll back when we were all done the doll cried oh really like you can hear it on the like oh, I yelled it I said oh my god it just cried and if you rewind it back and you play it again you can hear it softly in the background but I felt it coming from the doll like really like physically the doll like vibrated when it made the sound like 
do you feel that the spirits are more active because of the amount of people that are watching? I, do you, or should I say, when you have a episode going and you notice the numbers are climbing, does the activity climb with it? That's a good question. I don't have access to that as okay. it's happening. Um, basically, what what I see when I'm recording is the equivalent of what you would see on a Zoom call. So I can't actually see the comments or anything like that. They have to read them to me just because my this is literally the screen that I have to work with. So I, that's it. Um, but what I what I do notice a lot of times if we are going to a location that has a lot of different spirits attached to it supposedly, what will happen is when I start and I tune, I like sort of like get into investigation mode, I start to feel like they're coming up one at a time, like they're like coming to check me out one at a time and give me a little sniff and then moving back. <laughs> and sometimes that can get overwhelming if there's a lot of them because it's just bombardment and I can't focus for a minute until they all like kind of check in and figure out what I'm doing there and then back off and then we can move on to the investigation. But I think that um, the energy of our viewers definitely because they're putting their all and they're opening up to all that they're experiencing things so it would make sense that it would go the other way as well that they're influencing like their their energy that they're putting in is hyping up what's going on it's the same way as like you know going to a football stadium and you know the fans screaming you're going to hype the team up they're they're, they're hyping the ghosts up because they're energetically putting their all in and i i'm sure you do but um evp wise while you're recording your show, are the listeners picking up more of that? It's interesting. Or? We've had, um, there's been a couple where, uh, and, and I feel like it's just like my recording acts as the EVP, so when you go back to rewatch the recording, you pick up on things. Um, I did Middleborough Town Hall, and I was downstairs in a jail cell, and I asked, are you the woman prisoner? And you can very clearly hear someone answer me, no. Um, and then there was another time uh, at Wilson Castle, I was sitting on a couch uh, where some of the, the one place that someone had died officially in the castle and I, I said something and like Dean Dean Hagland is our host he talked he, he answered uh, and then at the same time as he's answering you can hear someone very quietly go okay and and it's just like no one else's mouth is moving like yeah. I must have watched it 14 times I like no one else's mouth is moving I don't know who said that but, like, you definitely pick it up. Like, I have to watch them a couple of times because it's really, it's very interesting. Do you have a bucket list place that you just absolutely want to go and haven't been to yet? Without hesitation, Velisca Axe Murder House. Oh, okay. I have been obsessed with that place since I was probably 12. Oh, really? Um, I saw it on Most Haunted Places or America's Most, like, whatever that, that one, you know the um, poltergeist lady with yeah. the... And she would be like, in the Villisca Axe. Most terrifying places in America. Exactly. (laughs) And I watched that episode, and then I went to babysit that same night, and I was convinced that someone was in the attic. Yeah. Yeah. So ever since then, it's it's hands down where I want to go. Have you ever investigated outside, like maybe in a woods or forest? Um, Or is it always inside? I have, uh, off the record, uh, when I was younger, cemeteries and stuff like that. Um, But for the show the one thing that we have to have is like wi-fi to oh, make sure that yeah. we don't lose the signal yeah. so that's tough going to the location well no i shouldn't say this because you don't want to know much about the location before but i was going to say do you ever maybe afterwards visit the cemeteries where the people are that are lo- that like the spirits that you communicate with do you ever go to their cemetery their grave site so funny enough um the episode that we did at Burnbray mansion they took me around and they did. They brought me to the cemetery because it's on the property. 
um, and they showed me the graves. And there was one grave that I took a picture of, which was of a baby that was born and died the same day. And then that night was the first night that I willingly held a doll when they asked me to because they have dolls everywhere there. There's a whole doll closet. So I willingly took this one doll out and I was holding it. And then I stayed there that night completely alone. And in the, ni in the middle of the night, it was probably like 2 a.m. I was just, I was in that weird like between sleep and awake state. And I was laying down and all of a sudden I sat up and I was, or uh, I, in my brain I woke up and I was like, I have to go get my baby. My baby's out, I have to go get it. And I'm thinking to myself like, I'm gonna go get up and go to the closet and get my baby. I could feel the baby in my arms. And I sat up, and that's what woke me up. And, all of, and I sat up, and I was like, I'm not going to get a doll at 2 in the morning. Like, what is wrong with me? Well, and then all night long, I heard someone pacing outside my door. And come to find out, when that little baby died, the nurse held him, or the midwife held him and paced in that hallway. Okay. So, like, I get goosebumps just talking uh -huh. about it. Like, <laughs> Anything, you know... It do you run into a lot of child spirits or children spirits of children? Yeah, weirdly enough, we do. I and I've commented on that before. I'm sorry, I just kicked no, your Um I've commented on that before. I I partially think that it's because I'm a mom, and being a mom is very important to me and a very very big part of my life. That that energy kind of exudes from me, so I sort of attract that. But we had uh, one of the last episodes we did was Palmyra. Um, Palmyra Historical Society, where a mother and six children burned to death. Um, and they, I felt them so, it was so emotional. That was one of the many times that I've cried um, live. You know, it's great. But I was with them. I have those little, like, light-up motion sensor toy things. I was sitting on the floor, and I could feel them all around me. And I said, like, it had happened just before Christmas. So I said, I brought you a Christmas present. It's a toy. This is how you use it. And I took the ball, and I shook it, and it lit up. And I said, I had the other one on the floor. And I said, okay, now your turn and they would light it up and it was like the, like wow. chilling but it was yeah. like I ended up going downstairs where they found them and singing to them um, which was super emotional and I could barely breathe but I feel like I think it's the mom in me that like brings that brings them to me and I'm fine with that like you would think looking at horror movies like the, the kid ghost is always the scary one with like the you know the hair in front of the face or like whatever it is to me, that's the saddest one. Like that's just those poor little babies. And if I need to be your your ghost mama, right. like, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like you mentioned about how they always portray them as the evil looking. You know, like, yeah, they're kids. They're babies. And when you investigate, you have to treat them like kids because yeah. that's what they are, and that's what they'll see you as a caring, loving adult. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go in there and scream, throw the REM prod in the room and light up those lights. <laughs> right, you know, right. it's like you scare the children. Yeah, yeah treat exactly. them as if they're standing in front of you because they are standing yeah. in front of you. And do they understand that they're on the other side or that they've passed over? I don't know. I, I that's a great question, and I'm not far enough in my mediumistic abilities to feel like I could give that answer or that I've found that out yet. I think that if I can just give them a little bit of comfort while I'm there, where I'm a person that suddenly they can interact with, and I can give them the time of day, then I've done what I can do, uh, and brought them a little bit of comfort. But I don't know past that. Yeah, because I think about that too. Is people going in and do investigations, and they use their equipment, and they're always saying, you know make a knock make a knock whatever you know and but they're not talking to them right talking at them yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that's sad because you just won't walk into somebody's house and start yelling at right, them. Like, exactly. talk to me. I like I should talk try to me. It. I should try that. Yeah. Try it, Joe. <laughs> I like to make sure that, um, you know, Uh-oh. I tell them where I'm at. I tell them who I am and what I'm doing there. Oh, here comes, here comes trouble. trouble. <laughs> Gigi has <laughs> ran <laughs> all the way across the room. <laughs> Are you wearing heels? No, I Okay. She's got her flats on. Yeah. Definitely. But what do you love most about this? I mean, like, uh, I love what the, feeds your soul with this? I love the people. Um, we're taking a picture. Um, <laughs> I love the people. I love, I think it's just interesting. Ever since I got my very first EVP, like back in my very early investigation days, I got a very clear, crisp EVP for my first one, and it's like a high. Like, I've been oh, chasing yeah. that high ever uh-huh. since. And it's the fact that, like, you can get tangible evidence of this and there's people out there that don't believe or don't want to believe and that's fine but like the rush that you get when something happens like it fuels my soul like no it's amazing you're talking about being into your mediumship have you always felt like you've had this or is this something new that's coming out since you've done this where did you first discover your abilities? So when Gifts I was or whatever you like to call it, <laughs> when I was a very very little child, and I'm talking like two, I would be in the kitchen with my grandmother, and she would be cooking at the stove and stirring, like thinking about her day, and I'd be coloring in my coloring book, doing something, whatever I was doing, and she'd be like, oh, you know what? In, in her in her head, I I don't know, I can't remember where I left that envelope. And I would not look up and I'd say, it's on the hall table. And so it was always the joke that Courtney had ESP. And I'm always the one, and I always have been the one that someone thinks of me and I call them. Um, and like I tell or I text them or whatever it is. And, and it freaks people out a lot. So it's always been a thing that's gone on. But as I got more into this side of things, I started to really explore and work with it and try to build it. Um, which is where I started with like the energy work that I was talking about before uh, and all that. Now, I would never in a million years sit down to try to give anybody a reading because um, I just it doesn't work like that and it's not that's not what it's for for me. But when I go into places like this, I'm able to open up to the energy and I can sort of get an impression based on what I'm feeling, who it is that I'm dealing with or what it is that what kind of mood are we dealing with right now? Is this something sad? Is this tragedy is this you know excitement is it whatever kind of a thing so I get my impressions that way so it's a little bit different but I at least to me it's a little bit different than what I would think a medium would be but I still get sometimes if they're strong enough and it's really important I'll get a clear as day like this is the thing I'm supposed to say or this is the person that I'm looking at like picture in my brain so it is something that I've developed over time and the part that I'm getting more comfortable with with the show is voicing it so trusting my trusting my intuition over my ego and saying it out loud and having people just accept yes like we believe you makes me say it more and more and more and it's more and more dead on with you doing that that way too it it could validate things that people are thinking Mm -hmm. that aren't typing things down for you yeah you know that the producers are showing you but it almost is where you can validate that before they even say it yeah the same and it's it's true it happens because if i'm i'm talking about like a pain that i'm feeling or like if I'm feeling nauseous or like whatever, any of those things that are happening, those aren't like, they're not necessarily physical things. It's like impressions of that. And I say that out loud and people in the comments are like, so am I, so am I, so am I, so am I. So we're all dealing with the same thing. And it is very validating. And for that's where I've had to like kind of come into saying it out loud. 
And that was a that was a learning curve. <laughs> it's, it's quantum entanglement yeah. right there. You just we're all connected. Yep. It doesn't matter how we connect, but we're all connected. Yeah, we're connected right now at this table. Yes. I love it. <laughs> and if it wasn't for Gigi yes. from Paranormal XL, ooh, ooh. we wouldn't have got happen. Yes. <laughs> Much love. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Anyway, so if somebody wanted to watch your show or follow you on social media, how can they get a hold of you or follow you or watch the show? So the show is at www.scaredandalone.com. That is our website. You can get uh, clips and history and episodes and merch and everything else. And then on our socials, all of the socials, we are at Scared Alone Live. Um, and then me personally, uh, I am at the Femes, F-E-E-M-S, which is short for femur because I collect ethically sourced human remains. Oh, um, but I'm on <laughs> Instagram. It's a whole other show. It's another show, me. yep. Um, we're actually going to have to get a leg up on that show. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't that humorous, which I also oh, have one of. <laughs> which I bought to make that joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm the at the Femes on Instagram, TikTok. The Twitch that I just started, so if people want to play ghost games with me or watch me scare the crap out of myself, they can hop on there. Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of this amazing Paracon. Hope you come back every year with us, and we'll just party it up this weekend. This was genuinely the coolest thing ever. Um, And for listeners, like this looks like literally like I'm at the radio station, and that's how legit this is, and it hurts my feelings that I can't watch this happening from the outside. Like, it's so good. I was thinking about that where I actually looked at, with our banner here, the yeah. poles, getting a, a pipe that goes out so we can have a little camera on yes. it. Yes. But you I should. haven't had a chance to do all that you yet. You got to do it and for next year. I mean, it's only been seven years, yeah. you know, so. <laughs> for, for next year. I'll come back next year if you promise that you'll have a camera. Yes. Okay. All right. It's good. a deal. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank Take you for care. Me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everybody, that was an amazing interview with that Courtney, so Scared cool. and Alone. Please check out her show. It's just a really, really unique take, and you can be interactive with her. That's when it. she's ghost hunting. It's so you cool. can tell her what to do. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, check it around. out. Check in the show notes. I'll put the link in the show notes. Check it out. Absolutely. And uh, enjoy the show, man. That's yeah. I, I was blown away when I found yeah, out really about cool. it. That's really cool. I know. Gigi told me about it. About a year ago, and she's like, "I'm going on the show." I'm like, "Okay." I didn't know what it was until I. Th- and it's awesome. So, anyways, thank you, thank you for listening this week. We're gonna leave you, and uh, pack up everything. Yep. We've had a long day road. today. Two-hour ride home, folks. Yep. So listen to a podcast if you're on the road this summer or this fall. Make sure you check out our podcast. We are on all the available podcast sites, or you can go to our Facebook page. We do. Sometimes remember to post yeah. those shows there. <laughs> now, number three and four are coming up. Three's next week. Four is the next week from Michigan Paracon. Yes, coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Show number three. The biggest show of the year we have. <laughs> the godfather of the paranormal, John Zaffis, on with us. So please stay tuned. The Haunted Collector. The Haunted Collector. The real, true Haunted the Collector. The real deal. Yes. Holy field. No, he is amazing, and I love his accent. John Zaffis. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Let's leave with some dead in five. Goodbye, everyone.